This is the Farmington Feed, bringing you information from the city of Farmington. Hi, and welcome back to the Farmington Feed. I'm Corinne Hachnicki, the city's communications specialist, and I'm hungry for another episode of the Feed. Our guest today is Ed Rutledge. Hi, Ed. Hey, Corinne. Ed has already been on an episode of the Feed, but for those of you that missed it, he's our city's natural resource specialist. He's been with the city for about a year. He's here today to talk about emerald ash borer and discuss the city's aggressive plan to combat this invasive insect. First, I'd like to mention a quick stat. I understand approximately 40% of boulevard trees are ash trees. In the boulevard, yeah, in the public right-of-way. And then 16% are ash trees in the city. So overall canopy, uh, that was, you know, kind of an approximate. That was from a 2010 panel survey of what the DNR did. Mm -hmm. So it could be more, could be less, but generally speaking, yeah, and it's the second highest represented uh, genera of species uh, or genera in in the city. Okay. Maples being the most prevalent. And you know this because you're a certified arborist. Yep. And also awesome resources from the Minnesota DNR and University of Minnesota Extension. Okay. So my first question is, can you tell us how you became interested in the field of natural resources? Sure. Yeah. Growing up, I really enjoyed camping, outdoor activities. So I looked to the West for pursuing my bachelor's degree. For sure. Out in Colorado. Yep. And uh, got a degree in environmental studies out in uh, Gunnison, Colorado, kind of what is considered the Western Slope. Started working in uh, with the Forest Service out there. Have had a career in, as a civil servant, and I really enjoy serving uh, the community and others in uh, natural resource management. Really enjoy being outside and you love amongst trees. the trees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll just plug this in right now. Do you have a favorite tree? Yeah, I guess, you know, talking about the West, I get nostalgic about uh, ponderosa pines. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned they smell like butterscotch if you get real close to them oh that's a good smell but uh yeah ponderosa you can find them in the black hills of south dakota too you know okay some some been planted around here as well so wouldn't say i have a favorite tree but that one brings back good memories yeah okay oh what about the importance of trees in daily life i know on the parks and rec perspective it provides shade in the parks and on the trails what about in your perspective lots of different things like you mentioned the shade they have kind of a cooling effect. Research has shown that it's helped people heal quicker from surgeries or illnesses, uh, reduce reduction in crime, stormwater uptake and managing water tables, cooling uh, stormwater ponds for cooling water as it makes its way to rivers. You know, mm-hmm. certain species depend on having a cooler water. Okay. So yeah, lots of different benefits, uptake of CO2 mm-hmm. all around. They yeah. do great things for us. All right. Well, let's get into the meat of this discussion, which is EAB. What is it, and what what is it doing here in Farmington? Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's an invasive forest pest. It was uh, discovered in the early 2000s in Detroit, Michigan. Detroit? Yep. Oh, I'm yep. from Michigan. Yeah, I remember That's hearing right. about it in Michigan, but that was years ago. Right, yeah. So it's kind of made its way across uh, the U.S., and it's made it into, I believe, two, maybe more Canadian provinces. It's made its way across Indiana, Ohio, and it arrived here in Minnesota in 2009 in St. Paul. So we've been managing it here in the state of Minnesota for 14 years. It technically, you know, if you look at the MDA website, the first confirmed sighting of Emerald ash borer was in 2019 here in Farmington, but it was much likely here sooner than 2019. Forgive me, MDA, Department of Agriculture, Yeah, that's the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. Typically, you don't start seeing signs of EAB in a tree until it's been established in the tree for a few years, Mm -hmm. two, three years. So more than likely, it was probably in the community before 2019. Right, because you didn't see the stuff happening. Right. 
tell us a little more about what this insect looks like, what it does to the trees. So you probably won't see the actual insect. It feeds in the upper canopy, and what you'll more than likely see and what does the damage to the tree is the larva. So they lay their eggs, and the larva works its way underneath the bark and kind of cuts, or it does cut off circulation of nutrients and flow up into the upper canopy. So you'll start seeing a thinning canopy, woodpeckers getting at the larva, for a tasty snack. Mm. In the winter, you'll see the it's called blonding. So the bark is getting flaked off by woodpecker activity. Mm-hmm. Lots of holes in the summer, like I mentioned, a thinning canopy. So you'll start seeing the leaves will, will, will dissipate, leaves will die back. So those are a few things you can look for in detecting AAB. At this point in Farmington, every ash tree has some level of infestation of emerald ash borer. So that's important to think about every moving f- moving forward, yeah, and managing well, it. Every ash tree. Every ash tree, right. Yeah, wow. Uh, it only affects trees in the uh, Fraxinus genera, which is ash trees, yeah. Um, and where did this insect come from again? It's from Asia. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They, they think it came in uh, some storage pallets. Your experience working with the AB, there's a quarantine zone. There's yep. There's lots of things that you need to think about when you want to try to save your tree or not and right tell us more about that what does the resident need to know sure the quarantine zone is established by the minnesota department of agriculture and essentially it's counties that have an infestation of eap and at this point i believe we have 41 counties that are under quarantine and what that means is any ash log uh, brush uh, wood from an ash tree is regulated at this point by the MDA and you cannot transport it outside of the quarantine zone. So you can move the wood and dispose of it within the quarantine zone, but if you were to move wood into a county that isn't included in that quarantine zone, that would be against the law. Yeah, because you don't want to move that. And you don't want to spread it, right? Yeah, that's past. And then in managing it, there's really two options. You can treat your ash tree which kills the insect within the tree, protects the tree for two years, but you have to keep treating it. Mm -hmm. And you can only treat trees that are 10 inches in diameter or larger, diameter at breast height or four and a half feet off the ground, and that's measured across the the trunk. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the other option, obviously, is removal. So um, you really can't treat past 30%, 50% canopy decline. Mm-hmm. And at this point, trees, what residents need to understand is um, it's progressing to a point where um, ash trees are becoming untreatable. So if you haven't been treating your ash tree, now's if your tree is treatable on private property, now would be a good time to consider treatment because next year it might be too late. Right. But the other option is removal and taking that ash tree uh, down, uh, particular, particularly if it's in okay shape, and you want to plant something new, now's a good time because as it declines and gets, and, and as it as it's dead, it makes removal more expensive and hazardous. Yeah, and I, I know you guys discussed this in extent at a city council meeting about the plan to remove or treat and, you know, do both. Right. And the focus here was uh, safety. Public correct? safety, absolutely. So that's the guidance we've been given is to uh, mitigate public safety risks by really focusing on removing the trees right now. So uh, residents are seeing a lot of trees come down in the right-of-way, ones that are dead or declining. Um, so really focusing on the ones that are either already a public safety hazard or going to be 
becomes one here in the future. We're also treating uh, a number of ash trees in the public right-of-way to slow the spread of the pest and to also and slow the removal process down because we have over, you know, 3,000 trees in the right-of-way. And you on can't the take them all down at the no, same time. No, not at one time, absolutely. So focusing on the ones that are in bad shape and uh, treating some to slow that progression down. But the the ones in the right-of-way, so those are the boulevard trees. The uh, boulevard trees, correct. It's not going to be, be a cost for the residents directly. They're, they don't pay for you to remove that or the stump. Um, no, it's on public property, and we're managing that with uh, city funds, absolutely. And then for those that are asking, because I have had a couple, you know, they have a stump now. And right. It's not necessarily taken out the minute they take the tree. It's kind right. of a process, correct? It's a process, uh, and like I mentioned earlier, focusing on tree removals first to try and mitigate, you know, uh, public safety risks. Um, a stump is ugly, you know, to look at, but you know, it's not creating a public safety risk at that point. Yeah, it's not going to fall on something or someone. Exactly. So So. they will be taken care of eventually. Yeah, just uh, appreciate the patience. Yeah. Let's go into the difference between the boulevard and public property versus private property and where that, Mm -hmm. you know, parks are one thing, but boulevard is different. Right. So it varies throughout the city. You know, the right-of-way, it's hard to put a blanket statement as to what the width or length of it is but typically it, uh, it ranges anywhere from 12 and a half feet from curb to you know up to 18 feet so it can really wide, widely vary essentially trees within the public right-of-way or and on public property and ones that are on private lot front private lots uh, those those are those are private trees and managed, you know, by private homeowner. Right. And so if they have a question as to whether theirs is in the boulevard, that would be a Farmington fix yeah, question. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's go over to something a little more fun because we've been talking about cutting down a bunch of trees and yeah, it's being a onceler, but devastating. Let's think about something a little better than that. How about what's the funniest thing that's ever happened while you worked in natural resources? A lot of funny things have happened <laughs> throughout my career, you know. I had a pretty colorful experience in uh, northern Nebraska working at a federal tree nursery for the Forest Service. A lot of funky characters in a small town in the <laughs> Sand, Hill, Sand Hills of uh, Nebraska. So they're like making their own fun every yeah, day? Oh, yeah. Every yeah. Day. A lot of personalities yeah. that uh, pretty funny. Okay. On a lighter side, what who has inspired you most in your career? Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint a person. I would say, generally speaking, my peers and other communities and, and agencies like the DNR, uh, the University of Minnesota, very supportive, uh, lots of information, particularly dealing with large issues like EAB. But uh, I guess uh, philosophically and then, you know, in college, Aldo Leopold stands out as one of the people that influenced me, widely knows uh, Father of Conservation, uh, you know, you're familiar with him and, you I know, am. Parks and Recreation being a background. Parks and Rec background. Yeah. Learned so, all about him. Absolutely. <laughs> so I would say, yeah. Okay. That's awesome. I've actually helped plant a tree before. Did you know that? No. Yeah. So I used to actually work at uh, Indiana University. I was their sustainability coordinator for athletic oh, department. Oh, neat. You know, I worked with the student athletes, the fan experience of recycling and trash yeah. and organics and actually 
we started a compost collection program in their uh, Hoosier room, which is their athletes' dining hall. Cool. But as part of that, you know, we had a, we celebrated a Green Week. You know, we did lots of tabling and education at events. Fun. One of them was coordinating with our sustainability office of planting trees, and I helped cool. plant a tree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it Good was time. more than one, and it wasn't just me, but <laughs> sure, whole, whole group. <laughs> lots of help and you know, big machinery to dig the holes, but rewarding experience. But yeah, for sure. sure. And then also my sister-in-law has planted trees in the name of all my kids too. So they each have their own tree. That's awesome. Better water those trees. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, like in a forest. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. I mean, we move so much. So it's like, why plant a tree where you live? Because you're going to move. Fun fact, huh? Yeah, that is a fun fact. I didn't know that. Yeah. Super cool. So anything else you can think of that residents need to know about this horrible pest that's killing our ash trees? We're working on it. The city is, you know, like I said, we're taking a a focus of trying to mitigate high safety risks here. And it's going to be kind of an evolving process. And, you know, it's going to take some time. But as always, you can fill out a Farmington fix if you see an ash tree of concern or have any questions related to this so yeah don't be afraid to reach out yeah and we've updated our website we have there's a load of eab info and there's tons of links to the minnesota dnr but yeah so they can check out our website we'll be posting stuff on social for sure yep stay tuned to the currents yeah the currents has a whole page of information in the fall issue i believe again if you have questions just reach out so thank you ed for your tree knowledge hey thanks corinne for having me on yeah remember the residents can always contact the city with a boulevard or park tree issue through farmington fix you click that little blue box with the tool on it at the top of the website. It'll take you to the fix link, and those will get filtered to um, the correct person based on the topic of the fix. So before today's episode is wrapped up, I want to share a few upcoming events in the city. The final music in the park it will be on Wednesday, August 30th at Rambling River Park, starting at 7 p.m. with Panhandler Steel Drum Band performing. Remember, the inclement weather location is the Rambling River Center. The next movie in the park will be Saturday, September 9th, starting with Kids Dance at 5.30 and Hocus Pocus at 7.30 at Distad Park. And Fire Prevention Open House will be on Wednesday, September 22nd at the Fire Station 1 starting at 5.30. And that concludes this month's episode of Farming to Feed. Thank you for listening. We look forward to connecting with residents with this podcast. If you have any feedback, guest requests, ideas, email me at communications at farmingtonmn.gov. Don't forget to subscribe to the Farmington Feed wherever you like to get your podcasts.